Holly Cotton here, and I have the woman of the hour, Christina Cornelius. So, so nice to see you again, Christina. You. Now, here we are at your event, CBC Medical Networking. I know this is something you've been working on for a while. So you can you tell us exactly what this is and what the goal is of this event? Absolutely. So this is our inaugural professional healthcare networking mixer. And the goal is for this to be an intentional space for business professionals, for healthcare providers who are looking to jump over into entrepreneurship. This will be a space where you can learn, gather information, and also network and get referrals. Okay. I love that. I love that. And one of the things that I always tell everyone, Houston is such a huge city and there's so many entrepreneurs here, but we never get the credit that cities like Atlanta, New York, Los Angeles have. Why do you think that is? What do you think the issue is with Houston and why we can't solidify our place in that entrepreneurial world. You know what? I don't know, but we're going to start that today with this first mixer. We're going to change the scene and how Houston has appeared. Okay. I love that. All right. So stay tuned, you guys. <laughs> that I ran into Dr. Patrice Allen. Now, first of all, Dr. Allen, I know everyone wants to know the, the main thing, because first we're going to tell you guys what you want to know, what she does, but then we're going to also talk about how you got here. So tell us the, the big thing everyone's so excited that you're doing. Okay, I am the senior manager of the G-Unity Business Lab, which is a partnership between the Houston Independent School District, Horizon International Group, and Curtis 50 Cent Jackson Foundation, the G-Unity Foundation. And with our program, it's a 28-week program where we hire student interns to actually study entrepreneurship and start businesses in real time. Okay, I love that. First of all, I love everything that 50 is doing in Houston. Absolutely. He came in and he was like, I'm not just here to come in here and put uh, liquor everywhere. I'm actually trying to build the community as Absolutely. well. Okay, so now let's rewind to some of the letters behind your name and how you got to doing this because this is also a, a path that you've been on. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, yes, well, I'm a product of HISD, born and raised in Houston. I got my bachelor's in sociology from Baylor University. I went and got my master's in education and counseling from the University of Houston in Victoria. Then I got my uh, PhD from Prairie View A&M University in educational leadership. And then there was a story in a riff where um, in education, there's a business side. And I wasn't seeing the promotions like I wanted to into the principalship. So I said, if you're not going to allow me the experience, I'll go learn it on my own. So I snuck and got an MBA from Lamar University in 2021. And then from there, the superintendent at the time heard of my track record, knew that I was a 15-year educator from Wheatley High School with most of my tenure, and said, I need you to interview for this job. And so from there, the rest is history. Okay, I love that. And I just love also that you are so encompassing of everything. Like you're not just, I went into education and I'm doing this. Like you're, you have all of the above. You have that entrepreneurial side. You have that go-getter side. You have that, oh, you're not going to show me. I'm going to go get another degree on you guys. So I love that. Okay, so what's one thing that you want to share with everyone that's at this event tonight? Well, I know it's a healthcare professional networking, so I want to talk about the entrepreneurship side of that that in every field there can be a level of entrepreneurship. We just can't get stuck in our income, especially with the economy the way it's going. And what I see from these ideas from students today, some of them are noticing health issues in the community and trying to fix them. So what I want to speak about is building that bridge to give back to students that are coming up in the next generation to not only show them that they may not get an MD, but I, what is the size of business that they can learn in the medical field? Okay, I love that. I love that. That is Dr. Patrice Allen. Thank you. 
Now, can you tell us about, I know everyone here kind of has their own entrepreneurial Absolutely. thing. So tell us exactly what you're doing. Absolutely. So um, I actually do uh, business consulting. Uh, a lot of business owners um, don't have a leadership team. And so what I do is I work and embed myself with um, business owners to help them with decision-making operations and really bringing in resources to help scale their business. In addition to that, I have a uh, clinic downtown and I'm a franchisee. And so what we do is drug testing, DNA testing. Oh, <laughs> yes. Right. For all y'all that need it. <laughs> right, right, right. right. And, uh, and so we do various testing for all different industries. So we, our clients are companies. So we, you know, that's our bread and butter. We have companies do pre-employment drug testing, reasonable suspicion drug testing, and all of those things. So, uh, so that's what we, that's where my brick and mortar is. Yes. Right. Now, let me just ask you this because I was actually watching a video uh, on Instagram. I right. couldn't remember where it was. It was on Instagram and they were talking about the millionaires that they have that are in the medical field. None of them are actually practitioners. They are people like right, you right. that are doing the labs right. or, or medical devices, things like that. So do you have any advice for anyone how to get into this actual genre of medical field? Yes. Yeah, so it, you don't have to be medical, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. to get into the field. It is just medical in general is just such a lucrative field. Okay. And I think education about it finding out what the margins may look like, how you can make money off of it, um, you know, and, and really partnering with people who may be more business-like, people who actually know the, um, the different the genre and, and the ins and outs of it is the best way to do it. Because most times they don't teach medical people Facts. how to be business people. Right, they and just then, teach us how to take care of how sick to people. Take, exactly. <laughs> However, if you partner with people like myself mm -hmm. and, and grow together, um, you know, you can really work together and grow a, a really lucrative business. Okay, I love that, I love that. Okay, so you guys are missing out if you aren't here because Ms. Paula yes. Whitfield is gonna drop some gems today. Yes, I so, am, so come you. out and join us. Holly Cotton here, and I have Antonio Campbell. And Antonio Campbell, first of all, nice to meet you. Great Come to, to find you. out, we actually have seen each other before around absolutely, Houston. Absolutely. And you are an epidemiologist, yep. and you also have a fitness brand. Oh, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing? So I guess I need to look that way, right? Yeah, sure. Talk <laughs> to the folks. All right. So the uh, epidemiologist, a lot of people are really not familiar with what an epidemiologist does. So I'll just... Uh, make it really simple. Two words: disease detector. So you know, we just uh, got over a, a worldwide pandemic. Mm -hmm. COVID was definitely something that kept me absolutely busy. Uh, we assess uh, the outbreaks. We try to do what we can to limit the outbreak, mm -hmm. and we do that with all disease, from um, uh, STDs to chronic illness to uh, HIV. You know, all of the above. And so what is the educational requirement if I wanted to go into epidemiology? What do I need to uh, major have, in or what yeah. I, What kind of letters do I need? Okay, so my letters are MPH, so I'm a master's in uh, public health. Okay. Um, so public health. <laughs> so, and I know you have the fitness angle, like you said, you have your own fitness brand company. Yeah. I, I didn't hear what exactly, is it the, is it paraphernalia, apparel, or is it actually Everything, all of the okay, above, okay. all of the above. So I'm NASM certified National Academy of Sports Medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, I have TCI Fitness. I'm also a brand ambassador for Old Snap Active Lifestyle. I'm a very clean eater. 
Uh, you know, I'm very, very part of disease prevention. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You hit it on the nail. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, whatever I put around my body, in my body, or yeah, around my body, in my body, or on my body has to be clean, toxic free. If I can't pronounce the ingredient, it's not going to be in my, my circle. Right. It's not going to be in the vicinity. That's good advice. Know, so. That's good advice. Absolutely. Okay. So do you want to drop any of your social media tags Absolutely. or anything like that? I, I think I should. <laughs> so I have two. Uh, let's start with TCI Fitness. Is at sign TCI Fitness. Also, uh, at sign It's Tony C. I come from a radio background. A lot of people remember me from radio, DJ, uh, hosting, you know, music industry. I wear a lot of hats. I hear you. I'm tired, <laughs> too. Right. <laughs> All right. So. You know, so and also, um, you know, I, I love to share knowledge. I love to share uh, information about health and wellness or anything that helps people improve their lives. One thing I'm blessed with was the opportunity to know what my purpose is, you know, before it's too late, while I'm still young and healthy to, you know, mm -hmm. fulfill my purpose. Mm -hmm. So my purpose is to help as many people as possible. And the only way I can do that is a connection. So what I'd like for anyone that's seen this video to do is to text, let's win, because winning is the only option. Mm -hmm. Let's win to 42828. You get connected to my database. I'm sending free material. I have a podcast called Winning is the Only Option. So much going on. Oh, my, you know, I'm half Jamaican. Well, actually, my parents are Jamaican, so that's mm -hmm. why I got so much going on. You know, to mm -hmm. say Jamaican's got Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. People like, always think I'm Jamaican, too. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that means you work hard. Right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, okay, great. So that is Antonio Campbell, you guys. Finally, I got the call right before the pandemic for Indiana to make this program. That was the biggest achievement for me because I am just a patient. I'm not here for the business. Number two, be intentional about who you meet, who you network with, because you never know where that door is going to open. It's going to open. I purposely wanted to create a platform for us that helps the providers. I know many of you in this room said, Christina, how do you start? Where do you get this from? You know, I am giving you a platform to network with everyone here to give you the jewels and gems that you need. So I'm feeling like Jalen Hurts up here. <laughs> See all these ladies up <laughs> So as I stand up, if you guys have any questions um, for these ladies, um, you know what they do. They did introduce themselves. So if you have any questions, you guys are welcome to come. Um, if y'all need a mic, I can only go so far. So y'all got to come to me. If you speak loud enough, we're good. Okay. I'm curious, uh, what is your juice? professional and then there's my entrepreneurial so professionally 
I'll start. I'll actually start with my entrepreneur. So I have a why in my business. And so my why started from me seeing African-American women disproportionately impacted, women of color really, disproportionately impacted by bad cosmetic work. And so what would happen is that because of, and we can get into, um, I guess, some of the social aspects of this, but um, spending $700, $800 is not a priority for most women of color. And as a result, we have been priced out of many services that our Caucasian counterparts take advantage of all of the time. So whether that's Botox, whether that is, I don't know, women, you know what I'm talking about, right? We were not paying $800 to get lip color, to even get our eyebrows done. But we still wanted those services. And we would just go to whomever we can afford. And so what we see is that women just, if you look at a woman of color, a lot of times the work is just not good. And so that is what drew me to the industry. What made me stay in the industry was that from a public health perspective, people of color in general, marginalized people are disproportionately impacted by the healthcare system, the system of Western medicine in this country, um, the comorbidities that we have at outstandingly alarming rates in comparison to non-persons of color. And so when I think about why I opted to merge the two, the problem was that a lot of the products that were used on us, a lot of the ways that we were being treated, um, even in the cosmetic industry, were not particular to us as a demographic. Um, when you look at diabetes, um, hypertension, and all of that amongst our demographic, the way that you service the patient is different, as we know clinically, but the way that you service the client is different as well. A person who is diabetic is 21% more likely to have an infection. So if I am giving you a tattoo, it's my job to know that your healing process may look different than somebody else's healing process. And how do I service you as an individual, knowing that not only were you priced out of this service socially, but also you have an unfair disadvantage clinically, right? And so what kept me going was starting a why and then figuring out how can I merge the two. I am very, very, very passionate about health and disease prevention. That is my professional um, passion. And I'm also um, very passionate about women of color feeling as if they look their best. But what was happening is that women were not receiving safe services because we could not afford it. So my price point, to be honest, I mean, if you look at the market, it's under market value because it expands access to women of color. I don't have a need to charge $800 why? Because I still work. I don't even have the need to do that so I can keep my price point around $500. Um, and it's something that women of color can afford. So I think you start with your why. I'm being my lead. That's my entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right. Anybody have any other questions? Did you, you want to Oh, you want to finish? Oh, so when you talk about um, the juice, and I know earlier we were talking about, um, I worked in corporate as well for, for many, many years. And I was always the only one in the room with the lowest title, but doing the most work. I remember at one point I was in a room, I used to buy, buy and sell car dealerships. 
okay, for a large manufacturer. And I would be the one going to do the deals. And so, um, you know, the juice came from, you know, what's wrong with this picture, okay? And a lot of us experience that, where we go into, this, go into the room, we know the most, you know, but we're not giving the title or the support to be in the boardroom, okay? I was in the boardroom, <laughs> but didn't have the title of everyone else. And so from that, that fueled me to more so say, how can I support people? Because I can sit down, I know my dad when I was younger, you know, I'd have a problem, he'd sit down with a blank sheet of paper and he'd be like, okay, let's figure it out. Cause he was an engineer scientist. And so you probably understand that. And, uh, and so that's what I do is I could sit here at the bar, somebody could come and talk to me and I would figure out a solution their business, their problem, just, that's just what I do. And so for me to sit there, um, you know, and not help, it, 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 I just could not do that. And so I find that I help uh, my clients when they come to me because I, I stopped working in corporate in 2019 and then just took some time off with my kids. And then that's when I bought another business and, and decided to do that business and then came back into working in entrepreneurship and, and consulting. Uh, because I just enjoy working with the owners and really helping them to just really move forward. And, you know, I just, I have to have you to move forward. And, uh, and that's what we do. We put strategic plans together because that's what I know how to do. I know financials. I teach it so I can teach them how to move forward. And that is what gives me the juices when I can see, okay, we have to be in a different place next year than we were last year. So that gives me the juices that doing that help me. Okay, um, well, give me the juice. I hope I don't offend anyone because it's kind of tiered. Um, but God, my spirituality. Um, while developing the curriculum last year and working through a, a very dark place, and what I mean is it's undefined. I couldn't see the end. I couldn't call anyone. Developing a curriculum at 2 a.m. in the morning and your three-year-old autistic son is crying for you. How did I get it done? I do not know. And to this day, people ask me, how did you do? I do not know. It's nothing but God. I can't own it. I've just bestowed upon me, I'm a vessel, and that's it. So when I wake up in the morning, I know that I'm serving him. Yes. That's that one aspect. And I know that it's real because two stories that happened in my life that gave me that Jordan mentality and how I got to this role and how I stayed in this role. Um, as an educator, getting your PhD is one of the highest levels that you can do. And so being 30 years old and accomplishing that, I experienced a level of oppression. Mm -hmm. No one wanted to make me an assistant principal. Nobody wanted to make me a principal. I became a threat at that point. So I said, if you're not gonna teach me the business side of it through experience, I'm gonna learn it on my own. And so I snuck and got an MBA, popped out, and this came into my lap. And so when I got into the role and I said, okay, where's everything, guys? I've been ready to get to work. They said, this is work, develop it. So I'm like, so this curriculum you're talking about, I'm an English teacher. <laughs> That's what my experience is. I don't really know too much about entrepreneurship except for my two failed businesses at this point. And so um, just noticing the snakes in the grass, someone said, well, I'll give you $300,000 to outsource it. I said, that's where the money is. I'll do it myself. And so at that point, it would be, I'm developing the lessons as we're going through. I'm doing my research. I'm looking and leaning to other people like coaches, like Christina. There's one of my community coaches to say, give me your experiences. Reading Curtis's book, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, and literally developing 100-point slides of curriculum in the midnight hour. And again, I'm a mother of three, a single mother of three. So it's asking, when do you get the work done? How do you have that juice? And what also keeps me going besides my three children are the students I serve in these campuses. They don't always have a voice. And we always talk about kids in the hood. 
but to be an example to them, they only become what they see. So now they get to see this educator walking around that can motivate them and speak to their causes, speak to their wishes and also advocate for them. But I'm also giving them what they want to learn. We only hire 25 kids at each campus. So they took an opportunity on me to say, I want to be an entrepreneur, now teach me. So we learned in this together. They also inspired me to start a business. Now I'm back in business where my clientele is serving clientele like Curtis. I never thought I would be developing programs and developing resources for celebrities. So that is the reason I wake up again. It's God. It's the, the, ability, the, the ability to prove people wrong. And my children and the children I serve, they keep me going. Side of the mentorship. So it was a great segue. That's why I want, I called him over because I want him to tell you guys why don't don't let the suits fool you while we do what we do as a soft perfect game. The reason I started this group is because it's something that I have been doing for well over 20 years. Uh, so I've been a sports agent for over 20 years. So I'm always working with younger men, teaching them the values of life, the things that they need to do, the decisions that they make in life. Uh, as I got older, uh, and just being here in Houston and growing a beard, I was trying to figure out a way how not just only me that can make an impact in the community, but how can I get a brotherhood of doing it? So my mindset was to use our appearances of being a distinguished gentleman, which gets the attention. Now that we got your attention, this is actually what we do. We help mentor young men. Now, I started this group about seven months ago, and since I started this group, it's been like a, an escalator. All we've been doing is going up, getting feedback from the community. We received a uh, lifetime president, a president, lifetime chief in the war, but just doing outstanding work in the community. We speak at Houston Juvenile Detention Center. Uh, we don't just start with youth. We actually go to senior citizen homes. We give ladies roses, flowers, balloons, just a phenomenal job out in the community. We also received an award from Sheila Jackson Lee just for doing outstanding work in the community. We can only do our part, but we know that it takes everyone to make a difference in these young men and women lives. Uh, we speak at high school graduation, career day at elementary schools. It just doesn't stop there. It's an ongoing process. And myself look at the news all the time. We don't like to see young men walking around with pants sagging, not wearing a belt. We want to teach them. I've been in management for so many years. How to dress when you go in for an interview. Appearance is everything. So we want to teach you how to properly pull your pants up and wear a belt. We want to show you how to tie a tie. You can take a young man with an image that everyone is afraid of, but if I change that man's appearance, if I put a tie on him, I put a belt on him, put some shoes on him, put, put, put a, uh, a pair of slacks on him, he is going to be viewed so differently in America's eyes. So image is everything, and this is what we teach them. Thank you. Okay, so let me redirect another question. Um, you guys still can have uh, <laughs> Q&A, but so one of the questions that I wanted to ask is a lot of times when we talk to entrepreneurs, you hear this story like 
talk, listening to Dr. Zuri talk, I know we all feel like we're about to take our day job and go off into the sunset and make it big and do whatever. But the reality is, is that there are so many steps and there are so many challenges and there are so many roadblocks, discouraging things that happen. So what I would just like is for you guys just to share one of those challenges that you had with going from having the day job. I know you already said, Dr. Patrice, you was like, y'all, y'all going to learn today. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, tell us about one of those challenges. And what I also want you to also give everyone that's listening is the advice that you wish that someone gave you when you were trying to do that transition from just your regular job into actually entrepreneurship. Uh-uh, start right here. You're next to me. Go ahead. Um, challenges. Um, so I can think back to when I had those two failed businesses and Dr. Zuri kind of tapped in on what was my biggest challenge. And it was trying to find something that fit into the time that fit into my profession. And so at that time, you would think being an educator, you can tutor and you can correct papers. So I'm having college kids send me papers. Uh, can you write this paper for me? No, I cannot. I don't have the time. Uh, can you uh, sit over here and tutor my, I do not have the time. I have all of my, my children. So it's a, what I learned is find something that's passionate. It's where you make time. So the job that I have now, it's the same amount of time. It was just, then it felt like a burden, but now it's my passion. It doesn't feel like, I, I literally tell people all the time, I will make time. And then I couldn't see it, but now I'm happy to do what I do for others. I'm happy to see people be the face of something that's educating children, that's supporting neighborhoods, that's doing something for the greater good um, in the light that I don't have to be seen. And again, it doesn't feel like a burden. So if anything that I can tell you is follow your passion. When you wake up, if it feels like I don't wanna do it, then you don't need to be doing it. Literally, I enjoy every aspect of my day. It is the most freeing, most rewardful, like, I love what I do. I tell educators all the time, they try to say, well, when you're hiring, I'm not hiring anyone, I work alone. <laughs> and so um, it, it just says something to define my day. If I wanna go and volunteer somewhere, I make the time. If I wanna sit up and develop a PowerPoint, I make the time. If I wanna develop a proposal or someone that's saying that this person wants to talk to you about developing a program, it's nothing for me to do because it doesn't feel like work. It's what I like to do. I like to help people. I like to make people greater. A lot of people say I'm in the forefront. That's not the case. There's nothing, like I told you, there's nothing but God. I love helping people and it doesn't feel like work. It, now teaching felt like work. That, that was work. <laughs> so if anything, again, I'll just reiterate, uh, listen to your, to your spiritual being and whatever you land in, it feels like I'm making the time. I'm following my passion. Do it. Thank you. I, I think um, for me, um, since you know, my mission my, is to really work with business to scale. I think early on in several other businesses that I've, we've had those failed businesses before, it's financial. It's uh, really learning, uh, becoming a student of finances. Okay, um, there's a di there's a difference between you know like the corporate finances and and your your business finances. Learning how that works. Learning how to go get loans when to go get loans and things of that nature, I think uh, is, is what I employ you to do. Personal finances, just continue to always work on your personal finances. 
um, that is something that you always constantly need to do. Credit score and all those types of things is, is what I encourage you to do. So that when, and I, what does Oprah say, when that opportunity presents itself, that you're fine, you're uh, ready for it from a skill set level, okay? And that's when you're going into these businesses that align with, so you're not, you know, a dentist that's opening up a, uh, you know, restaurant or, you know, just what have you, so that you're aligning yourself with, uh, you know, your passion and, and, and your skill set and what you've been trained for years to do. Why not launch off of that? And then, you know, focusing on trying to figure out, you know, what are my finances? You know, am I prepared for this opportunity? If a friend comes to me and say, hey, I have this great opportunity, let's partner, let's do this. But you're like, uh, I'm not ready. So I think just getting prepared is what I am employ everyone to do because that's that's mainly what holds us back is that we're making decisions based on what we see in our bank account, not making decisions based on our lend, our lending ability and what we're able to borrow to be able to do big business. So that that was one. Right. Um, but uh, what I wish someone would have told me is that like why you said why it sounds great like oh I work this job I'm able to merge these things. Nobody told me how if you wanted to do all of these things and do them in excellence, that looked like getting up really early in the morning and going to sleep really late at night because there really aren't enough hours in the day. And so I did not know that. And so there was a time when I was giving more energy to my day job. Right. I was like, oh, I'm going to give all my energy to the day job. And then the time that I had left went to the business. But I said, well, wait, you know, if I want to be great and if I want to build these things at the same time, I have to give just as much energy to both. So if that looks like I'm working a job 40 hours a week, I need to work my job 40 plus hours a week. You know, that's an easy example of just an investment of time. And I did not realize how there's no way to grow both of these things at once if you're not doing that. Um, something else that I wish that I had known, I know it now, I learned this very, very early on, is that a lot of times we look at people, particularly on social media, I think social media, at this point, we are all impacted by social media. It just is what it is, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, whatever. I feel like to some degree, we see something on social media and it gives us some semblance of something, you know? Um, and it's very easy to compare yourself to somebody else's outcome. And I had to learn very early on to compare myself to their journey, not to the outcome. So it's like I may look at this person that has all of these followers and all of these clients. And I'm like, well, why don't I have that? And I'm like, OK, wait a minute. Let me not compare the outcome. Let me compare the actions. Am I waking up as early? Am I doing as much of this as what they're doing? And so what I wish I would have told myself, I would have saved myself a lot of time is that instead of looking at the outcome, really study the habits of other people that have what it is that you think you want to emulate. I think we spend a lot of time trying to be like other people because we think if I can achieve what Paula has achieved, I'll feel about myself the way I feel about Paula. But that actually never happens. You get to where Paula is and you still feel something about yourself. So it's like instead of looking at the outcome, instead of looking at Paula and everything she is, I'm going to study Paula's habits. Like, Paula, how often how early do you get up? How often do you do this thing? Because I have learned once you reach that amount of followers, once you get that clientele, you still never look at yourself like that apart person that you idolize. And you're always chasing something else. So it's better just to just to emulate the journey and not be so focused on the outcome.
I would say for myself is my challenge is not standing in my own way. Sometimes it's not what you don't have access to or what you can't get. Sometimes it's yourself. And for myself, many people, many of y'all may not know what made me transition from legal to nursing. And I'll just be brief with it, but I was working for a very prestigious law firm and I moved up very quickly. And I said, oh, maybe this is what I want to do. I want to go to school to be an attorney. So I went to an attorney who only looks like me. We were the only two colored people there. We were the only ones. And I went to her and said, hey, this is what I think I want to do. Share your gems with me. And she shot me down and said, you're not smart enough. You're not aggressive enough. Didn't expect that from her. So literally, I walked out of there with my tail between my legs. And I said, well, maybe I'm not. But I didn't let that deter me. I went on to nursing school, which is really what I wanted to do. But the pivot of this story is I was working at a hospital in the ER as a charge nurse, as an, as an agency nurse. And we got a call that we had a cold blue and route. So I'm making sure everything is ready. And if you don't know, if you're not nurses here, the nurses run the, the, the codes. We don't need your doctors. We run the codes. We call from the rhythms, we give the medications. The doctors don't stand by when we need you. So we was working on this patient. And I'm making sure that we call in those rhythms, we're getting those medications to the patient. I'm very confident in my uh, cardiac ability. We was about ready to call it, and I saw a little activity, and I said, let's go again. Let's go another round. Let's go. We got this. The patient had a rhythm. We got the patient back. Getting the patient stabilized to go to ICU, I'm walking out the room. Of course, the adrenaline is up because we're happy. And someone grabbed my wrist hard and said, thank you, thank you. I said, yes, let's get the patient stabilized and get them to ICU. And that person grabbed me even harder, and I looked up. And it was the attorney who told me I wasn't smart enough. Mm. It was the attorney that told me you're not good enough to be mm. an attorney, but I'm good enough to save your husband. Wow. Mm. I didn't say that, but I just thought that. You I will give you my private page and I'll only accept for about an hour. I had about 900 people want to get in, but I don't know you. So um, it is all like PhD. And that is where you will see me really live the life that I live. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine is Artistry by Zuri. Say it again. Artistry, A-R-T-I-S-T-R-Y by Z-U-R-I. We're up here laughing because <laughs> I, uh, I'm probably one of the oldest <laughs> up here. <laughs> and so I, uh, you can, uh, my Paula H. Whitfield is my uh, Instagram. And uh, but my website is uh, huntermerton.inc.com. Spell it. H u n t r b u r t o n i n c dot com. That's my uh, mom and dad's. My mom's maiden name. My dad. My dad's name. So my Instagram is Christina C H R I S T I N A 
underscore CDC Medical Staffing. You can follow me there. I'm also on Facebook under Christina Cornelius and also on TikTok. Same thing. <laughs> oh, my last name is C O R N E A L I U S. And uh, for the Salt Pepper Gang, it's uh, on IG, www.theofficial.com. Uh, oh, man. That's, that's a website. So when we can hear that, that noise on the computer that say, leave me alone. I'm a little older than y'all. <laughs> so it's the official South Pepper and A and D, the official South Pepper game. And the website is www. That the official. No, no, no. Uh, can we get the, the representative? Web, the website is www.saltandpeppergang.com. They don't know if anybody is. We don't even need Salt and Pepper Gang. Facebook page is Salt and Pepper Gang. Zodiac sign. Right, 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 right. Cancer. Basically, Larry is fired as the representative of Salt and Pepper Gang. <laughs> <laughs> and I cannot, can I put my friend?